Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Just like some of the other ones when I say happy holidays. I try not to date my shows. When I say date them, I try not to let people know uh, what day it is on because because it's a podcast. You know, you know, someone might be I, – I could say, hey, wow, this is um, December 12th. But someone who podcasts a show may podcast it four or five days or a week in a in advance uh, down the road and the show would say it's the 12th. So it'll make it sound like it's an old show. So I don't like to, because all of my shows that I do, I think anyway, sound as this, as if they're live as you are listening to the shows. I try to keep, keep it always fresh and updated with new material or, or, or find a way to uh, rearrange, rehash old material and just make it sound as fresh as it was if it was the show was recorded right then and there. Well, anyway, welcome to the George Wanda Jr. Show. It's a great time in the city of Chicago, and I hope it's a great time where you are. There's lots of news, always something to talk about. Um, Washington, Donald Trump, you know, I mean, a lot of people, well, George, why are you always talking about Donald Trump? Because he's ignorant, that's why. And he's the president of the United States, and he's taking America down. Uh, he's taking America down into the sewers, and there's no doubt about that. I mean, if you saw this Oval Office, um, 
was it yesterday, the day before? It doesn't matter. If you saw this Oval Office spectacle uh, as he was meeting with the Dems in, in, in the White House, you, you'd say the same thing. The man's crazy. The man just – he gets worse, worse every day. Every day he gets worse, 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 and, and you know – and Michael Cohen, he's his I think he's he's been he was he's been Donald Trump's lawyer for twelve, maybe twenty years. And Donald Trump's act he acts as if he barely knows the guy. <laughs> that's that gets me. You know, uh, well Michael, I don't know. Uh Michael, uh he you know, Michael, you know, uh Michael Cohen has just been sentenced to three years in prison for acting uh, for Trump, he clearly says the reason why he has uh, become a criminal is because of Trump. And we all known this for a long time, that Trump uh, affects other people around him in a negative way. Look at all these people who have gone to jail around Trump. And other people are asking, when the hell is Donald Trump is going to go to jail? Everybody's going to jail around him. And he is out here scot-free. That's ridiculous when he is the one who has corrupted them. They were loyal to him. They did his dirty work. He instructed them to break the law. Yet he is God free. He's roaming free. And all he's doing now, folks, is trying to distract you away from what's currently is happening by doing things uh, to take your mind off of, of him going to prison at some point in his, his life. And I don't, I don't agree with the Justice Department saying that a sitting president cannot be indicted. That's bullshit. There's nowhere in the Constitution that says that. And the Constitution is the law of the land. A sitting president can be and will be indicted in terms of Donald Trump. It depends on Mueller. It, maybe Mueller is going to follow follow the uh, Justice Department and not uh, indicting a sitting president, but I think it's bullshit because it is bullshit. Who put that crap on on the books in the Justice Department? Republicans, I'm pretty sure. It was not a bipartisan thing. So maybe Mueller will indict him. Maybe Mueller will not indict him. Maybe Mueller is going to say, hey, well, I'm going to stick to the rules. I'm going to stick to this uh, passage uh, within a DOJ department, whereas it says a sitting president cannot be indicted, and which, which I think and uh, most Americans think is a bunch of bull. Totally a bunch of bull. This man should be arrested. This man should be in jail. All he's doing now is trying to distract, distract everyone, distract all Americans from, uh, from the fact that uh, uh, his lawyer of 20 years has gotten three years in jail. And, and I kind of feel, feel for Michael Cohen and, and his family. Because he is, he's got what Trump should be getting, or, you know, they should be sharing a cell together. Uh, it's just not right that Trump gets off scot-free. And if you listen to, 
And if you watch and listen to that Oval, Oval Office debacle with the Democrats, Chuck Schumer and Pelosi, it's, it's pathetic. Trump told one lie after another. One of the biggest lies he told, and this was on national and world TV. One of the biggest lies this guy Trump told uh, during this uh, uh, Oval Office meeting with the Democrats was that the wall was being built. I mean, he said it about three or four times. The wall was being built. The wall is going to be built. It's being built. They're constructing it right now as I'm sitting here. That was a big fucking lie. No wall is being built. Nothing is being built. There is no wall. How many times did he say Mexico was going to pay for the wall? How many times did he say that? How many times did he make us think that Mexico was going to pay for the wall? Now, Mexico said, fuck you, we're not going to pay for no goddamn wall. And now, Donald Trump wants us taxpayers to pay for the wall. And the Democrats saying, the Democrats say, that's not going to happen. And it's not going to happen. He sat there on his big fat ass and lied through his teeth. And he looked like an idiot as he was trying to talk to Schumer. He looked like a fool. Obviously, uh, uh, he was trying to get some sort of points, or he was trying to say to the American people, I'm president, I'm the dictator, this is what I want, this is who I am. But it's backfired on his ass. The people who saw this debacle, this spectacle from the White House, our White House, the Oval Office, they are saying that they're going to vote out every Republican in America. It's going to take time. It's going to take decades, but we can get these assholes out. You can get these assholes out. And the thing about it, a lot of Republicans are now jumping off the Donald Trump ship because they figure, they figure that they're going to lose their jobs in a, in a couple of years. Well, in less than a couple of years, if you think about it, 2020 is, is uh, not that far away. It's less than two years. And Donald Trump, I mean, Donald Trump is going to be running for re-election. That is no doubt about it. He's going to be going around to these fucked up rallies and uh, revving up hate and, and violence, as he always does. Blaming Democrats, blaming Obama, blaming Hillary, blaming every fucking body. But himself. Himself. Okay, let's say if Donald Trump does stay in office and somehow this doesn't uh, uh, affect him, which I think it does, and I think it will, and I think there will be some repercussions. But just let's just say that Donald Trump stays in office and he runs in 2020 and he loses. The indictments are going to come his way. Let's say if Donald Trump resigns and he become a private citizen. The indictments will come his way. I've said this several times, folks. The reason why Donald Trump is still in office is because the presidency is protecting him. The Justice Department, DOJ, they are protecting him with this clause on their book saying that a sitting president cannot be indicted. If that's the case, that's the only reason why Trump is not indicted. 
because the presidency and the Republicans are saving his ass. That's the only thing that's happening. This guy lies through his teeth. He's out uh, trying to, you know, uh, uh, do things to damage our country again. Uh, that's all he's doing, to damage our country again, to take our mind, distract us from this Michael Cohen uh, implicating him into federal crimes. If Michael Cohen acted at the behest of Donald Trump, and, you know, then Donald Trump is also a felon, and we know that. He's a felon. Some people are calling him an unindicted felon. You know, I, I, I'll take that until he, until he actually becomes an indicted felon. What is a felon? A felon is somebody who uh, gets more than six months in jail a year or so. Okay? It's not like a misdemeanor. A misdemeanor means you get, you know, a, maybe a month to six months in jail. Felony means you get uh, at least a, a year in jail. And Michael Cohen has gotten three, so that's a felon. And um, it's just something that the entire world know, knows that we in America have a buffoon and an idiot and a stupid-ass person in the White House calling himself our president, Donald Trump. And one of the things about Donald Trump, he uses the word fake so much, fake news, fake this, fake press, fake, you know, there's no bigger fake in America than Donald Trump. He's a fake president. He was installed by Russia. He installed himself into our White House. There's no bigger fucking faker than Donald J. Trump. And that's the truth, folks. And we have, uh, and I do believe that in a couple of years, uh, I do believe that a Democrat will win the presidency, and I do think that Donald Trump will lose. I think Donald Trump's best bet is to resign. Because even if, let's say if he wins in 2020, I doubt it, though. I doubt it, though. If he wins, um, he will he will not be able, he will not be indicted. He still may not be indicted. But if he loses, if he loses, he become a private citizen. And once he concedes his loss in 2020 to a Democrat, the FBI is going to be right there giving him an indictment. An indictment. He will go to prison. Donald Trump will get just as much prison time as his lawyer because Donald Trump has instructed uh, Michael Cohen to do a lot of shit. And now, you know, while in prison, one of the things I think Michael Cohen should do while in prison for his crimes, like everyone else, write a fucking book. We want to read it. I'm writing a book, but I'm I don't have the uh I'm not I, I I don't have the 
uh, a lot of us who are writing a book about Trump, we don't have the the on the the uh, in your face sources like uh, Michael Corrin and others has who have written books about Donald Trump. Amarosa written a book. Uh, Stormy Daniels written a book. <laughs> I mean, Bob Woodward has written a book. Michael Wolf has written books. And there's countless of others in the media who have written books about their time with Donald Trump. And a majority of these people who are writing these books, these authors, they know what they're talking about. And these books about Trump, they're all fucking negative. Negative. I remember not too long ago, Trump was saying that he was going to write a book to counter all of these other books. It didn't happen. Just like Trump uh, uh, threatened to sue people who were writing books about him and saying things in their books that he didn't like. He threatened to sue them all. However, nothing ever came of it. Donald Trump just threatens. That's all he does. He threatens to see how you're going to react. He's a bully. He's a bully. And a lot of people, you know, they have learned their lessons and start starting to stand up to bullies. I don't see how anybody in the in this fucking world could be could be a Trump supporter. Period. But they're out there. They don't give a fuck what he does, how he, he can't spell. He's a he's a he's more than just a pathological liar. I mean, I, Donald Trump lies so much that you think that he actually believes what he's saying. He believes it. He said that uh, he said in the said in the Oval Office, excuse me, he said in the Oval Office that a wall was being built. He said it several times. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are sitting there laughing their asses off, knowing damn well a wall is not being built. I think he said that once before, a few months ago that a wall was being built. That it was actually being put together on the border between um, California and Mexico. Nothing. Donald Trump set his ass there in that Oval Office with those Democrats and lied to the American people several times. How in the hell can you be a Trump supporter? But you know what? A lot of a lot of us are saying the reason why Donald Trump said there was a uh, a wall being built, he was just throwing raw meat out there to his supporters. And I, I, a lot of people should be pissed off at Donald Trump lying to the world like that. I mean, Donald Trump invited the media into the Oval Office. He shouldn't have done that. Even Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer thought that was a little bit over the top. They felt that, that they should have been in a private conversation with Donald Trump. But Donald Trump wanted to show the world, Donald Trump was trying to send a message out here to the world that he is king. That's why he did it, that he's king. And then he gets pissed off about something, and, and he says to Chuck Chuck Schumer, Charles Schumer, the, the uh, minority leader in the Senate, that he was going to shut down the government. Now, now he's going to shut down the government. Like like shutting down the government was 
uh, his priority, that he was going to be responsible for shutting down the government. And the world heard that. Shutting down the government means, one of the things that it means is that state workers throughout America will not be getting paid. And every one of those state workers who are not getting paid will be a vote against Donald Trump. And yeah, he said right there in the Oval Office that, that he was going to shut down the government as if he's the only one with the power to shut down the government. Well, I'm going to shut down the government. I'm going to shut down the government. I'm going to shut it down, Chuck. This guy is just unhinged. Why would you want to shut down the government? Why? Why would Trump want to shut down the government? Because he's not getting what he wants. What he wants is money for his wall. If Donald Trump wants this fucking wall so bad, and if he's a billionaire that he claims he is, why in the fuck can he build a wall? Why can't he use his funds to build a wall? Why? Because it's not not enough money. You're gonna need at least I don't know five billion, six billion, maybe more, ten billion to build a wall, and that's not gonna happen. One of the reasons, <laughs> one of the reasons I think to why building a wall on the Mexico and U.S. border is not gonna happen because Donald Trump is gonna be in jail long before then. Mueller decides to just go and go with the Constitution. That says a president cannot that, that that does not say a president uh uh can be indicted, you know, uh then Trump is fucked. But if Mueller sticks with what the uh Justice Department says about a sitting president, then we have a f- um we have a few more months or another year of Donald Trump. You know, but uh it However, if Donald Trump decides to resign, and that's something he's not going to do, I've talked about this several times, that is something Donald Trump is not going to do because if Donald Trump resigns, he become, immediately becomes a private citizen. He will go to jail. Another reason why Donald Trump will not resign, he loves power. He loves power. This man just – he is drunk on power. He loves seeing things uh, uh, go the way that he wants them to go in America. Remember, Donald Trump has fucked up every business that he has ever been a part of, screwed up everything that he has ever uh, tried to be a part of and wanted to be a part of. And now he has his hands on America, and he's fucking up America, as we can see. And he is intentionally fucking up America. Because he's doing Putin's bidding. And a lot of these other asshole Republicans who are in Congress, they're nothing but Russian spies and uh, Nazis taking money from the Kremlin and proud to to be doing so. And a lot of them, uh, they're dismissing Trump's crimes. They're trying to, you know say that Trump crimes, you know, are just peanuts, (laughs) peanuts. You see how these thugs, uh, uh, these Republicans, these parasites in office trying to uh, belittle Trump's awesome crimes. These, These crimes are not peanuts. They're felonies. 
They are felonies. They're not peanuts, but the Republicans are – I mean, Orrin Hatch, this – how is he, 95 years old? Orrin Hatch says he doesn't care about Trump's crimes. Senator Orrin Hatch says he doesn't care anything about Trump's crimes. Well, who gives a fuck what Orrin Hatch says and thinks? The man is 95 years old. It's probably senile. But the thing is, other Republicans feel the same way. I mean, they're kissing Donald Trump. Say, well, Donald Trump. I mean, uh, Lindsey Graham, for instance. Well, I don't, I don't see no evidence. Well, it, it, there's no evidence. There's nothing in a court of law. They're all alleged offenses. Well, that's where the courts come in. If you guys think that a, think that the charges against Donald Trump, alleged charges, and they haven't been proven in a court of law. Then indict Trump to find out for what's really happening. If he's innocent, uh, if a jury of his peers proves uh, says he's innocent, then he can go back to being president. Let him prove that he's innocent. That's one of the things about Trump. Trump will say he's innocent. No collusion. No collusion. No felonies. No this. And he acts as if we are supposed to believe that. Just like a dictator. He wants to say, well, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. And then go on about his business and expect us to believe it. But it doesn't work like that. When you're indicted, it means that you, you're going to have to go and defend yourself in a court of law. You're either going to be found innocent or you're going to be found guilty. You just don't say, blurt out something or tweet something and expect the American public to buy it. We don't buy shit Trump says. The man has told, um, the man has documented, and this is from the Washington Post, the man is documented for telling 1,000 lies, and he just told another one. And another one, and another one. One of those lies that he's currently have told, they're building a wall right now. It's being erected as I speak. Liar. And a lot of people are pissed off about that. Lying on national television, lying to the world. This is just crazy. Crazy. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We're going to take a small break and we will be right back, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for telling people about the show. Thank you. We'll be right back.
Our next clip is brought to you in partnership with Squarespace. Bring your stories to life online with Squarespace through a website, blog, or portfolio. So easy, I can even use it. For 10% off, head over to Squarespace. Federal prosecutors are implicating the President of the United States in two federal crimes during the 2016 presidential campaign. The stunning new memos give us an unprecedented look into the probe and say former attorney Michael Cohen acted, I'm quoting now, at the direction of Donald Trump. When he committed campaign finance violations for hush money payments to adult film star Stormy Daniels and former Playboy model Karen McDougal, but it doesn't stop there. Special counsel Robert Mueller also believes the Trump Tower project in Moscow is relevant to Russia's 2016 meddling. And it's not just a matter of Cohen lying about the timeline. All of this happening as Mueller says former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort lied about five major things, including how long he stayed in touch with White House officials after he was indicted. Mueller indicating communication was going on as recently as this year. All right, let's get right to it now. CNN politics reporter Jeremy Herb is on uh, the president being implicated in two federal crimes now. Good to see you. So what more can you tell us? Yeah, that's right, Fred. You know, this was one of the most revealing windows we've had so far into what the Mueller investigation has uncovered. And what's most significant here is that for the first time, the U prosecutors from the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan said that Trump directed Cohen to commit crimes during the campaign when he asked women and paid women not to speak about the alleged affairs with Trump. Now, the big looming question is, what does this mean for the president? Trump tweeted last night that the filing clears the president, but he is implicated in these crimes that Cohen committed. Now, the DOJ has not accused the president of a crime and has said that, in fact, a sitting president cannot be indicted. But this is certainly a matter that Congress is going to take up once Democrats take back the House next month. Now, in addition to the talk about the women, uh, Friday's filings revealed that new contacts between Michael Cohen and Russians as part of the Trump Tower Moscow project early on in the campaign. And what Mueller did here was he connected the Trump Tower Moscow project, which was pursued in 2015 and into 2016, with questions about Russian election meddling, saying that Trump stood to benefit business-wise had the project gone forward and that discussions were ongoing at the same time that Russia was actively meddling in the election. Now, prosecutors recommended a substantial sentence for Cohen as part of uh, this memo last night after Cohen's attorneys had hoped that he would get no prison time and requested that on their side. Um, Cohen is facing charges of tax fraud, campaign finance violations that are tied to these payments to women, and also lying to Congress about the Trump Tower Moscow project. He's set to be sentenced next month, Fred. All right, Jeremy Herb, thank you so much. Appreciate that. All right, if you ask President Trump, um, he's free and clear. The president tweeting this morning saying this, quote, after two, uh, two years and millions of pages of documents and a cost of over $30 million, no collusion. Our White House correspondent Boris Sanchez joining us right now. So, Boris, uh, what else is the White House saying about all of this? Hey there, Fred. Yeah, the White House essentially saying this is no big deal. The president, as you noted earlier today, tweeting out that there is no collusion. However, this isn't Robert Mueller's final report. These are just sentencing documents for his former campaign chairman and his former attorney. Uh, Sarah Sanders put out uh, a statement yesterday, yesterday addressing both of these filings. Uh, here's what she wrote about Michael Cohen's filing. She writes, quote, 
The government's filings in Mr. Cohen's case tell us nothing that wasn't already known. Mr. Cohen has repeatedly lied, and as the prosecution has pointed out to the court, Mr. Cohen is no hero. Not included in her statement is an explanation of whether President Trump was aware or not of that Russian national that approached Michael Cohen, suggesting that the Russian government could have political synergy with the Trump campaign. She also writes about Paul Manafort, uh, and she writes, quote, The government's filing in Mr. Manafort's case says absolutely nothing about the president. It says even less about collusion and is devoted almost entirely to lobbying-related issues. Once again, the media is trying to create a story where there isn't one. Uh, that's certainly not the case, especially considering that it was revealed yesterday that Paul Manafort was having conversations with a senior administration official as recently as May, something that was not addressed in this statement either. Uh, as we noted previously, Jeremy noted the president yesterday tweeted out that these documents clear him. The question of whether he understands that he is individual one in these documents is still out there. Of course, individual one directed Michael Cohen to commit campaign finance violations. We'll get a chance to ask the president that as he departs the White House later today. He's heading to Philadelphia to attend the Army-Navy game, Fred. All right. We, uh, he doesn't usually you know, pass up an opportunity to speak, so we'll see if... Um if you'll do that today. All right, Boris Sanchez, thank you so much. All right, joining me right now to discuss a former assistant to Robert Mueller and former federal prosecutor Michael Zeldin and Politico's congressional reporter and CNN political analyst uh, Rachel Bade. Good to see you both. All right, so Michael, you first. You know, the president, you know, has been implicated in now two federal crimes. The president, of course, tweeting out, no collusion, downplaying this. But in your view, how significant are these connections, are these sentencing guidelines, these two crimes now being connected to the president? Well, the Southern District of New York has determined in its pleadings that Michael Cohen committed felonies at the direction of the president, then candidate Trump, and therefore, uh, by inference, the president has likewise committed two crimes. Whether they would ever be prosecuted, by a prosecutor, leave aside whether or not you can indict and prosecute a sitting president, is probably uh, unlikely. These are cases that require a lot of complicated Stop proof about unlikely. the intent to influence the election. But Thank that you. all aside, this is what the Southern District of New York says. The president instructed Cohen to violate the law. And there's just no way uh, that that's helpful to anybody. Mm -hmm. and, and Rachel, you know, so his fingerprints, you know, allegedly are, are on it, the president's fingerprints here. But then the president tweeting that this news totally clears him. And we've heard him, you know, in the past, you know, imply that he is above the law, even saying, you know, he could shoot somebody, you know, in Manhattan and nobody, uh, you know, would, would really flinch at that and he would still get elected. So is this the president really realizing that this is very serious or is he you know, dismissing this? Is he naively, you know, dismissing all of this? You know, I bet there's probably a difference in what he, you know, feels privately and says publicly. I mean, mm. very contrary from clearing him, this digs him in uh, several feet deeper. You have not just a former lawyer who has turned on him and who has lied before mm. saying that Trump 
directed him to pay off these women, uh, which was illegal given the campaign finance laws. But these are federal prosecutors who are saying that Trump directed it, calling him individual one, directly implicating him. Another thing I would say is, you know, the plot is really thickening when it comes to the whole collusion Reddit aspect and question of collusion. You know, Democrats, even on the Hill, had sort of let go of that narrative because there wasn't a lot of proof that something was going on. But these filings, what we saw this week was that Mueller is getting very close to connecting and, and is very much saying there's a connection between Trump having uh, business interests in Moscow and trying to get a Trump Tower built there and approved there and what the Russians were doing in terms of offering this political synergy uh, and then later interfering in our U.S. election. So he's really building this case right now. I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Obviously, you cannot indict a sitting president. At least there's no precedent for that. It would be very unprecedented if they did. So Democrats on the Hill, when they take over, uh, they're going to have to ask themselves, are they going to try to impeach the president? What are they going to do about this? Because it's really probably going to come down to them. And so, Michael, you know, an example of the interest that uh, the president, the stakes that he has, you know, in Moscow with the development project of this Trump Tower, you know, Moscow. Um, but how do you explain why all the lying? I mean, what do you suppose is you at the lie. bottom, you, you know, lie. of this investigation um, or the focus of this investigation into as to why would there be so much lying? Well, it's a good question. I think fundamentally that Donald Trump, when he was candidate and perhaps even as president, what matters to him most is money and that the Trump Tower Moscow project, according to the prosecutor's documents filed yesterday, he stood to make a lot of money if that project went through. And he was not about to do anything that would interfere with the success of that project. At the same time, he's running for president and it's a bit unseemly to be doing both of those things simultaneously. And I, I think, therefore... But you heard the president say, but if I didn't win, you know, to, to miss out on this opportunity, this business opportunity, he essentially is justifying having these irons in the fire without saying specifically, you know, this Trump Tower Moscow project, but saying, what's the matter with looking into business opportunities while simultaneously running just in case I don't win? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. And had he been transparent during the campaign to say, I'm a businessman, I'm running for president, but I have a business to run. And let me tell you, let me disclose to the American people that I am pursuing business in Moscow while simultaneously doing this. And if I win, of course, I'll you know, set aside my business, which actually he didn't do. But um, there would be nothing wrong with it. But what the problem is, is that while he was running for president, he claimed not to be doing that, which we now learn from the prosecutor's documents that actually his business was doing. Whether he knew about it has to be proven um, for there to be, you know, criminality or, or, or you know, lack of transparency. All right, thanks, but that I All right Donald Trump uh, said that if, if he doesn't get what he wants, basically he's saying if we don't get what we want, that I will shut down the government. He's using I. I will shut down the government as if he can do that unilaterally. He is nuts. <laughs> he, I will shut down the government. This is what he's saying. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard that already, but still it's worth repeating after. Because if you shut down the government, it's pitiful. And shutting down a government means that one of the things it means, uh, it's 
bad overall, but one of the things it means is state workers will not be, even if he's just threatening to shut down the government, threatening that state workers will not be paid. Those are votes that he will not get. I mean, just think about just think about this. How many Trump supporters work for the federal government, work at these state jobs, who will be affected by a government shutdown by the guy they voted for? You think they're going to vote for him again? Some of some of these stupid assholes just might. But the majority of level-headed people who have their heads screwed on correctly. They will they will turn against this guy. A lot of people say, I can't understand why so many people support this man and so many people who are willing to turn against their own country to see their own country destroyed in terms of Donald Trump. And I try to tell people, I try to say, hey, don't worry about it. Stay positive. There's a lot of smart people who will not let that happen. I do believe that there's a lot of smart people. There's more smart people in America than there are dumb, stupid, and mentally ill people who are out doing the wrong things in terms of voting these slimy-ass politicians in office. A lot of them are just slimy. You know, that's the name of my book, Son of Donald Trump. So that's going to be the name of my book. We're going to take a musical uh, break right here, folks. We will be right back.
time ago. Next woman that I marry, she gonna work and bring me the gold. Have you ever been mistreated? You know just what I'm talking about. I'm Erin Burnett. Out front tonight, how stupid does Trump think we Americans are? The president's excuse for his embarrassing press conference where he sided with Vladimir Putin over his own intelligence chiefs does not add up. We are learning tonight that driven by fear of resignations in the intelligence community, the president decided that he would say he misspoke during one of the multiple times that he took Putin's side against America's in that press conference. And so, after meeting with top aides today, President Trump read from a prepared statement, offering up, frankly, what seems to be a dog-ate-my-homework excuse on how things went terribly wrong in Helsinki. In a key sentence in my remarks, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. Sort of a double negative. So you can put that in, and I think that probably clarifies things pretty good by itself. No, No, it it does not. It does not clarify anything. It doesn't even pass the smell test. So let me play for you again what the president said 32 hours ago, what he's just referring to there. My people came to me, Dan Coates came to me and some others. They said they think it's Russia. Uh, I have uh, President Putin. Uh, He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. I don't see any reason why it would be. Okay, so everybody makes mistakes. Trump's explanation that he meant wouldn't instead of would might stand a chance of being plausible, except for a few reasons, one of which is this. That was just one of multiple times in that same press conference that he sided with Russia. Do you hold Russia at all accountable for anything in particular and if so what would you what would you consider them that they are responsible for yes i do i hold uh, both countries responsible i think that the united states has been foolish i think we've all been foolish i will tell you that president putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today look it is what it is this is consistent what he's been with what he's been saying over the past year he said what he meant and he said it again and again the u.s has been foolish putin was strong and powerful in his denials it just makes it a bit absurd to say that the president just misspoke that one time on this whole would wouldn't thing keep in mind if he did misspeak okay this is the other issue that one time and and none of the others where he expressed the same sentiment. He had 28 hours of condemnation from U.S. intelligence and his own party to correct the record. He failed to do so in any of those 28 hours. In fact, during that time, he conducted two interviews with Fox News. He tweeted nine times. His administration released talking points defending his performance at the summit. Not once did the president or his aides in 28 hours try to say that the president of the United States misspoke 
again, in one of the multiple times that he praised Putin and took his side. So the president's explanation does not add up, and neither does his assertion today that he accepts America's intelligence agency conclusion that Russia attacked the American 2016 election. Because today, even when he was reading a prepared script accepting the intelligence community's conclusions, the real Donald Trump reared his head. I accept our intelligence community's conclusion that Russia's meddling in the 2016 election took place. Could be other people also. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. There are a lot of people out there. That is true. But on this particular issue, no. Dumb, though. Look, the thing is, and we all know very, it at this point, dumb. is that is what I'm Trump really thinks. Okay? Because he has said it before. Maybe there is no hacking, but they always blame Russia. And the reason they blame Russia is because they think they're trying to tarnish me with Russia. I'll go along with Russia. Could have been China. Could have been a lot of different groups. But also could be somebody sitting on their bed that weighs 400 pounds, okay? Maybe it was a 400-pound Russian. U.S. intelligence agencies do not blame other people. They don't talk about how many other people there are on this planet that possibly could have been uh, done this. No, this is very clear, right? It's Russia, not a 400-pound man, Putin, who is far from that. But the President of the United States is incapable of accepting this because at the very least we know this. He thinks it calls his election victory into question. Caitlin Collins is out front live at the White House tonight. And, Caitlin, you are learning a lot more about the scramble behind the scenes, the meeting at the White House uh, today uh, that the president attended to contain this damage. We are, Aaron. The president's big retreat came after his top national security advisors huddled today to try to figure out how to undo the damage that had been done in that press conference in Helsinki when the president embraced the Russian president over United States intelligence agencies. The Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, the National Security Advisor John Bolton, and Vice President Mike Pence all huddled in the Situation Room today discussing what it was the president should say to try to clarify or try to fix what they could after there was severe backlash, not just uh, in Helsinki, but also back here in Washington in response to the president's remarks at that press conference after it became quite clear today, Aaron, that a tweet was not going to suffice to fix the damage that had been done here. We saw the president come out. He gave those very scripted remarks saying that it was simply a miscommunication. He said one word when he meant another. But Aaron, of course, if you watched that press conference, it doesn't nullify that the president did embrace Vladimir Putin several times and gave a lot of voice to his denials of election meddling. He did indeed, Caitlin. As you point out, when he came out today, it was scripted, except for when it wasn't, right? And it wasn't just what he said. We've pointed out some of the issues with that, but also what he left out, right? Yeah, quite a stunning contrast in the president's off-the-cuff remarks yesterday when he was asked questions by reporters, was not given any advice by advisors on how to answer those questions. And then today when we saw him sitting there in the cabinet room reading off several sheets of paper, and the cameras, of course, zoomed in on these remarks of the president, and you could see in his classic Sharpie that he uses to mark up papers right there, you can see the president crossing out one line where it said something about bringing people involved in election meddling to justice and adding another line in all caps in a black sharpie that is the president's handwriting to say there was no collusion because of course the president didn't come out today and just say he did believe our intelligence agencies even though he contradicted them in the next breath he had to make clear he got his argument in there that there was no collusion collusion aaron all right thank you very much caitlin uh, pretty stunning i don't know something about seeing that 
in black and white on the paper after it was prepared, what he added and what he took out says so much. Out front now, senior political analyst Mark Preston, April Ryan, White House correspondent for American Urban Radio Networks, and Steve Hall, who was the CIA chief of Russia operations and has spent a lot of time in Moscow. Um, thanks to all. So, Mark, look, we now know the president.
President Trump is showing you just how rattled he is right now. On the day he purged a top member of his administration and basically threw a 90-minute temper tantrum in the White House news conference, only hours after his party lost control of the House, he fired Jeff Sessions. Except the man famous for saying, you're fired for pretend on television, apparently couldn't say it himself. So here's what he does. He orders John Kelly to fire Sessions. He's the chief of staff, something the president has wanted to do ever since Sessions recused himself from the Russia investigation. And now the former attorney general, who was the first senator to support Trump's campaign, reportedly wanted to stay just until the end of the week. But Kelly told him that he had to go, and he had to do it today. So take a look at these pictures now. Quite the photo op, isn't it? Sessions leaving the Justice Department tonight to applause from his colleagues. Colleagues who are telling CNN that they learned about Sessions firing from news reports and, of course, a tweet from the president. It's a pattern. Sessions leaving uh, with his replacement looking on. There's his replacement right there. See that guy? We'll talk about him. He's the acting attorney general, the now acting attorney general. His name is Matt Whitaker. He has oversight of the Russia investigation. I want you to pay close attention to this, all right? This is what Matt Whitaker, this is what he told me in July of 2017 when he was a CNN legal commentator. Here it is. I could see a scenario where Jeff Sessions is replaced uh, with a recess appointment, and that attorney general doesn't fire Bob Mueller, but he just reduces the budget so low that his, his investigation grinds to a, almost a halt. So we know Matt Whitaker here. We, we had him on the show a number of times uh, around that time. Another guest who was on that, this show, who actually, on this show, who actually uh, was on set with Whitaker on June 19th. There's the photo right there. He posted this on Twitter today. This is from attorney John Q. Barrett about a conversation he says that he had in the green room before their joint appearance. Okay, he says, Whitaker told me in June of 2017 that he was flying out from Iowa to NYC to be on CNN regularly because he was hoping to be noticed as a Trump defender and through that to get a Trump judicial appointment back in Iowa. So much to talk about with that. Fake news, but they want to be on this fake news so that the president can notice them. So does that really mean it's fake if you want to be on so the president can notice more proof, though, I say that the president watches me every night. So, the man who is now in charge of the Russia investigation offered a blueprint for cutting the legs out from under that investigation nearly a year and a half ago. Seems tailor-made to appeal to this president. And he did it on television, according to John Q. Barrett, apparently deliberately in order to appeal to this president and get a job. He became the chief of staff for Jeff Sessions a couple months later. And now he is the most powerful law enforcement officer in the United States. Look at the power I have, everybody. Can you believe that? <laughs> Unbelievable. A source close to President Trump telling CNN the, the idea of Whitaker ending or suppressing the Russia investigation, not an option right now. I don't know why anyone, why anyone would believe that or how long that will remain the case. But that's what they are telling us. So listen to what the president said during his news conference just today. Here it is. I could fire everybody right now, but you, I don't want to stop it because politically the, I don't like stopping it. But you're right. I could end it right now. I could say that investigation 
is over. Sounds like a threat, doesn't it? So let's talk about that uh, post-midterm news conference like nothing we have seen before. Remember when President Obama admitted that his party had gotten a shellacking? That's the word he used. Remember when uh, George W. Bush said he had gotten a thumping? None of that for President Trump. You just heard him threatening uh, the Mueller investigation. He also threatened reporters as well. So this is an angry exchange with CNN's Jim Acosta, NBC's Peter Alexander, full of down and dirty personal insults simply because reporters are trying to do their jobs, which is to ask the president questions. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, go in ahead, Jim, Peter, go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts his Well, I'm not like a big fan of yours either, so I yeah, understand. to be honest. So let, me, so let me ask you a question if I can. You repeatedly you said... Are, you are the best. Mr. President, you repeatedly, over the course okay, of... Okay, just sit down, please. I couldn't be away. That was course hard. <laughs> they would have kicked me out a long time ago. And there's more. The president refused to answer a question from April Ryan. Sit down, please. Sit down. I didn't call you. I didn't call you. Hmm. April's going to be here later on in the show. I want to hear from her. The president calling a question from PBS, Yamish Alcindor, who is African-American, falsely claiming her question racist. On the campaign trail, you called yourself a nationalist. Some people saw that as emboldening white nationalists. Now people are also saying that the president... I don't know why you'd that say that. Pres- That's such a racist there question. Some pe- There's nothing racist about that question. Nothing at all. The president could have just answered, could have tried to explain his position. Instead, what do you do? That old tactic, when you can't really explain it, you attack the person who's doing it. He attacked the reporter. But the president did, um, he did just target did not just target reporters today. He also threatened Democrats if they step up their oversight of the White House, which is their job. But they can play that game, but we can play it better because we have a thing called the United States Senate. Hmm. He even threatened candidates from his own party who made the fatal mistake of not wanting Trump to campaign for them. You had some that decided to let's stay away let's stay away they did very poorly i'm not sure that i should be happy or sad but i feel just fine about it carlos cubella mike kaufman too bad mike mia love gave me no love and she lost too bad sorry about that mia That's the president. The fact is, Mia Love did not lose. Her race is still too close to call. Facts don't seem to matter much to this president. What matters to him is winning, adoration. When he doesn't get both, he lashes out. All right, California mulls text tax on mobile phones. They're thinking about it. In other words, California is thinking about putting a tax on people who text. Text, you know, text 
messages on your phone, if you text on your phone, uh, California wants to tax you for texting on your phone. They're thinking about it. If they're thinking about it, believe me, they're, they're more than just thinking about it. They, this is something they want to do because they feel that taxing <laughs> – so many people are doing that, and so many people have cell phones. And so many people text every day. Instead of calling someone, you just, you know, text them. If you don't want to hear their voices, you know, you don't want to hear somebody's, you don't want to hear them talk, you, know, you text them. And California uh, wants to text a text tax, they're calling it, you know, on mobile messages. That's a shame. That's a damn shame. And, you know, uh, they're not saying this is going to happen, but I think it's going to happen because obviously tax, uh, California, excuse me, Obviously, obviously, California needs extra revenue, and they feel that this is one way of getting it. Uh, what are they trying to pay for? What do they want to pay down? What? Uh, because there must be something. It could be that they want to pay pay the firefighters or something. Uh, it could be a fire tax or something. I don't know, but this is a fucked up tax. I mean, you don't want to be taxed. Uh, text messaging do you? No so that's going to cause a lot of people in that state to to stop texting and to actually make the call now if they put uh, a tax <laughs> on you making calls that's something I don't know and probably should be researched but uh, uh, I think this is a dumb idea you know I mean uh States and municipalities, they're finding every avenue, everything they can to, te- to uh, tax you. It doesn't matter. If, you're, if, you're, um, if you use something a lot and, you, and it's very important to you, you can't live without it, it's, it's a part of you, the government is going to find a way to, te- to uh, uh, tax you for it. If you're walking down the street, you need a sidewalk. You're going to be taxed to walk on the side. They are looking at everything, every avenue, everything that you do, I do, that we enjoy doing, that's in some cases we can't live without doing, and tax us for it. Tax, tax, tax. Now, here in Chicago, we have a mayor, Rahm Emanuel. This guy has taxed us to death, to death. We don't want to be taxed anymore. I mean, this guy. I mean, we have probably have the highest property taxes in in the United States, and other taxes, other taxes on top of taxes. They have tax you for the tax you're paying. I mean, it's always they're always trying to get in your pocket for this or that, and they're always trying to justify going into your pocket, like you paying so much more in taxes that it's going to benefit you. How in the hell is it going to benefit you when there's money coming out of your pocket going to some, you know, putting to putting it to some use that's not going to benefit you? How is that? How is that uh, uh, benefiting you as a taxpayer to be paying for something you reluctantly paying for? They're talking about pensions and teacher pensions, as if uh, the working American has to pay for teachers to retire. Bullshit. 
I don't think I should be paying for teachers, but, you know, we all are. You know, some of these teachers, not all, some teachers are not worth it. Sit on their asses. I mean, they retire. Teachers can retire at 50, 55, you know, lay up on their asses and, and, and get paid, get our money. I can hear some teachers right now listening to the George Wilder Jr. show. That's not true. That's not the way it happened, George. <laughs> you know, but taxing text messages in California. I mean, if California gets away with taxing text messages on your phone, your mobile phone, your smartphone, other states will start doing it also. They're going to see how it works in California. Next thing you know, it's going to be Washington, Illinois, Detroit, Wisconsin, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi. They're going to follow suit in taxing a test, uh, in taxing uh, test text messages. I'm getting text and taxes screwed up here, folks. So. <laughs> But you know what I'm talking about. Uh, This is dramatic. This is dramatic. Taxing text messages. Scroll down and see what the article says. Okay. This is, I'm looking at uh, MSN, MSN MSN.com here. Californians may or may not type OMG. Oh, my God. At the news. But texting may soon. Okay come with an extra fee on their mobile phones. Hmm. State, legis- state regulators, I'm sorry, are weighing a tax on the popular communication tool to help fund a program that makes phone service available to low-income residents. Well, if you think of it this way, it seems like they're taxing it for a good cause. But I don't believe it. I do not believe it. <laughs> I don't. There, there are in some markets, uh, low-income residents, if they can prove they're low-income, they can get free phone service, free texting. They'll get a free phone. You ever notice some of these companies out here who are offering low-income people free phones, free airtime, calls, and free texts? Yeah, so this has to be not true, or somebody's not uh, doing their research, because low-income people are required in some cases to have a free phone. There's so low-income people also in some areas if they're living in an apartment, an apartment if they have small children, and they have a computer. Low-income people can also have Wi-Fi throughout their apartment or throughout their home. Free Wi-Fi. Okay, um, so I don't, I don't buy that. I really don't buy that. That they're going to uh, tax uh, Californians. Most, most people who are have a phone, have a, a smartphone that they're struggling to keep minutes on or, or to pay for. So this is doesn't fly with me. It doesn't fly <laughs> at all. I think Californians, the, the the legislature, the government in California wants to text 
uh, uh, text, text messages, all because they want to find uh, a, a way to get into your pockets and to find a way to take your money. Because this is bullshit. Uh, okay, let me go go on and read a little bit more. A texting surcharge could help sustain the public purpose program budget, which has risen to $998 million. Okay, now they're talking. Now they're, they, they want to bring down uh, some, some um, budget program that has ballooned to $998 million in in 2017 and $670 million in 2011, according to a report from the California Public Utilities Commission revenue for the telecom industry that funds the program has declined to um, $11.3 billion last year from um, $16.5 billion in 2011. So, yeah. Yes, this is fraud. I mean, they're they. I mean, if I'm reading this article, article they say one thing in the first paragraph, then they're saying another something different in the second paragraph. So all of this is about um, paying down some budget program that's in California that has ballooned, not uh, not a fund that's going to help low income people. Bullshit, because there's uh, there there are as I've got through saying there are uh, companies around America who provide free services to uh, the low income people if they are eligible. Free phone, free texting, free calls, free Wi-Fi, all of that stuff to low income people. I believe the California legislature legislature they're just trying to. Uh, come up with a uh, a reason to try to uh, extract more money from taxpayers. That's all that is. That is all that is. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Folks, I've had so much fun uh, here on the show. I have really had a lot of fun. And uh, there's a few more things I want to say. Never give up, Never give up on your dreams. Never give up on your dreams. If you know that you can do something, if you know that there is something out there that you want to do with your life, do it. And I've said this a thousand times on the show. I'm pretty sure you've heard it. But it, it remains to be said again. Do not let anybody screw up your dream. Do not let anybody tell you that you can't make it. People, there's going to be a a whole lot of people out there who's going to say, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. But then there's going to be those folks who are going to say, going to try to keep you back, hold you back, because they're they're not about shit. And they don't want you to be about nothing. You know, so don't let people step on your dreams. Because a lot of people get a kick, if I can, if I can uh, steal a line from That's Life, uh, that's a song. Uh, a lot of people get their kicks. From stepping on a dream, and they do, they do, they do. You know, uh, uh, so don't let anybody's uh, tell you what you can't do. Don't let anybody say what you're trying to do is nothing, or or try to belittle it, because these people are out there, and they are out there for one purpose: to destroy your dream, to 
So try to keep you from making it. Try to keep you from picking yourself up off the ground and becoming something. And one, I think one of the ways to become something in your life is to make sure that you believe in yourself. Make sure that you know what you can do. Make sure you know your limitations and strive for your dreams. Take others with you who support you and those who do not support you, leave them behind. But I can tell you this. Once you become successful, once you make it, once you uh, throw, those, throw those people who did not believe in you out of your life, they're going to come back. They're going to come back, and they're going to act as if they didn't do or say anything negative uh, about you as you were trying to strive for success. They're going to come right back at you, and they're going <laughs> to try and say they are – the reason why you're successful when they were the reason to try and keep you back. They're going to be asking for money and all that kind of stuff. Come see us, come visit us. We're your family and all this stuff. But you know what happened. You know what happened. You're successful now and they are knocking down your door saying, Hey, well, I'm trying to make you feel guilty. Don't do not feel guilty. You made it on your own. You did it by yourself. Nobody helped you. Nobody wanted to help you. Nobody called you. Nobody supported you. But you did it on your own because you knew that you had what it takes, what it took to be successful. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, people get their kick out of seeing you miserable, seeing you uh, down. People get their kick out of seeing bad things happen to you. Don't let that happen. Get those people out of your life. Because you don't, if you don't get those kinds of people out of your life, then they will keep you down. You will not make it. You will not succeed. Because you're listening to a lot of negative voices. You're letting them break you down. Don't let that happen. If you know that you've got something that the world needs to hear, see, you got something to offer, show us. Remember, if you're good at something, you're really good at something, the world see it. Let the world know what you're good at. You can be good at a hundred things, but if you don't let the world know what you're good at, what's the, what's the purpose? I mean, if you're a good singer, let the world know that you can sing. If you're a good musician, let the world know that you're a great musician. If you're a good lawyer or or a great doctor, let the world know. If you're a scientist or engineer or whatever you do that's good, that's going to inspire people, let people know. It's going to take some time. Nothing's going to happen overnight. You know, it could. I mean, you could become an overnight success. But let's be real. Things take time, even years. But at least you're out there. At least you're doing what you love. You're doing what you enjoy. People have told you that you, that what you do is sensational. If it's something you love, if it's something that you know you got, if you have the talent, show people what you can do. Do not hide your talent. Because I think a lot of people do that. They hide their talents. They don't want pe- other people to know what they can do. With, you know, And I think that's wrong. 
you know, I know a lot of, I, I've had a lot of authors on my show and I, uh, they've written a great book, but they don't want to talk about it. I said, what the hell you write a book for if you don't want anybody to know that you've written a book? Uh, that author is going to fail. Or that singer is going to fail. Or that engineer is going to fail. Let people know what you can do. Let people uh, criticize you, uh, give you constructive criticism, or just give you the greatest criticism in the world. You have to let people know what you do. One of the things, when people criticize me, uh, sometimes, not all the time, <laughs> when people criticize me, I just take that criticism and try to and try to um, turn it around as a positive. I take negative criticism and try to uh, uh, be the best that I can be. I'll try to change some things if I get too much. In, but if people criticize me just for the hell of it, and I feel that they don't know what they're talking about, talking about, or they're just being nasty and mean. I just hang the phone up on them, you know. Uh, and I always say, uh, even for those out there, if people are going to criticize you, make sure they give constructive criticism, criticism that you can use, criticism that's going to make you a better person. You don't need people criticizing you just just because they want to see you uh, cry. Or, or not make it, or, or bullying you in some way to keep you from making it, you want constructive criticism. And even if you do not get constructive criticism, uh, still do not let that be something that's going to stop you and derail you from being the best person or the best, the best entertainer or the best person that you can be. And that's all that it, that's all it's about. That and that is all it's all it, all it's about. That's all it takes to be successful. It's to believe in yourself. Get those negative voices away from you. Surround yourself with people who not kiss not gonna kiss your ass, but be real with you, tell you uh about your talent. If it's good, if it needs improving, if it's something that fits you, keep positive people around you and there's a lot of positive people that uh, uh, you can have hang around you you know uh, negative people you have a few and that's something you should expect I think that's something yeah any talented person should expect is someone to say something nasty and rotten and low down try to keep you from being the best person you can be but it's a lot of people out there who are who uh, are hurt very easily. You tell somebody that they're not good at something, they're hurt, and they go somewhere, cry, uh, depressed, and they won't try again because someone told them that they couldn't do it. Someone told it told them that that was ridiculous. That's 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 not right. That's not you. Then you go back and you cry. You give up. No fucking way. Someone says that you can't do something. You know what you can do. You know what you're about. To hell with what that person says. Be the best person you can be. Be, be what you want to be. Get out here and do it. Let the world know that you are here. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about off the air. Matter of fact, 
been running off at the mouth. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, thanks for tuning into the show. Make sure you join me tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, and uh, we're going to have some more fun on the show. This is the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're going to have a lot of music and all that kind of stuff on the show, entertainment. I love entertainment, you know, and I know you do, too. It breaks the monotony. All right, everybody, uh, thanks for tuning in tuning to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Once the show is, is um, um, downloaded and that kind of thing, we're going to have some great guests starting in January. Believe me, we're going to have some guests on the show. I, I want my son on the show to be uh, to to uh, be a co-host. Somehow he's so busy. He's in college, and that's great. He's making good grades and everything. College is so expensive. <laughs> It'll break you. But anyway, thanks for uh, tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. And let's thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you tell people about the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, Vote blue. Of course, this is a progressive show. Uh, we're not Fox. There's no uh, hate or lies on the show. But anyway, thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Uh, everybody have a great evening. Have a great what, – what, whenever you find yourself listening to this show, just have a great time. And a great day. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now in session. The final.
from the mighty and the mighty from the small. 